I'm Peter Wall. And I'm Jennifer Carnegie. Welcome to the Amicus Leadership Podcast. On each episode, we'll be speaking to inspiring leaders about the ups and downs of their careers. As well as doing what we do best, using our years of leadership experience in both the military and commercial business to get leaders to the top of their game. You can listen to each new podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So subscribe now to make sure you don't miss any of our conversations. Okay, let's get going. Well, hello, Joe Terry Marchant. You're the principal of Highlands College. And we're absolutely thrilled to have you on the Amicus Leadership Podcast. Um, What sort of day are you having? I'm having an interesting day. Every day at Highlands College is an interesting day. It's such a diverse community, adult, young people, staff, students, etc, etc. So uh, in the middle of the new health guidelines, uh, particularly for Uh, students 16 years and over wearing masks so very much about um, positive engagement with the students encouraging persuading explaining why it's a good idea and using quite a lot of sense of humor actually to get them to adopt a safer practice you're trying to you're trying to make wearing masks fun how's that going down (laughs) well What I do is I say to them now, look, I know this is probably a bit boring and repetitive for you. I'd really appreciate if you could put on your mask. It's difficult to remember all the time. And I'm a bit of an oldie. So just think about, you know, protecting me. And also I say, um, think about sometimes with your parents, your family, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about keeping us safe together as a community And I can honestly say I haven't had a single difficult conversation uh, with the students so far. They've been absolutely wonderful. So that's really good to hear. So you're in a situation, I think, where you became the principal quite recently, having worked in Highlands College for quite some time. Uh, So you found yourself in a leadership position, um, a very significant one with something like 5,000 students and no doubt a lot of staff who depend on you. Um, where did your sort of experience of leadership start? Where did it come from? Have you, how do you manage to apply it now? Wow. Where did it come from? That's an interesting question. Um, some of it comes from, I think, the way that I was brought up, actually, um, with a, a lot of um, sense that I was capable that I was told that I could be what I wanted to be, that whatever I did in life, um, it would be important for me to reflect back and to be able to say that what I did was positive and it made a difference. So it started really right from childhood. Um, And professionally, uh, first working in finance and moving into education, I enjoyed the cut and thrust of finance actually Um, you had to charge out your time you had to show it immediate impact you had to transfer the value of 
whatever the relationship building you were doing with a client into a monetary value, to be frank. So when I went into education first in London, I took some of my business-like attitudes into the world of education and very quickly was looking for impact and making a positive change. A constant theme, and I've reflected on this, I think all leaders do, you reflect all the time, don't you, on your leadership style and what sort of impact it's having? Well, that's that's a very good point to make because I think uh, it's very important to reflect because most leaders end up being self-taught by their mistakes unless they've got very good role models to follow. And it also sounds to me as if you... Um, you came to this with a strong sense, you know, from being a young person with a strong sense of almost a destiny to have responsibility as a leader. Oh, absolutely. Um, I thrive and always have done on accountability, uh, but also a degree of autonomy. So my experience is that um, when people put faith in me and trusted me to do the right thing I would go beyond their expectations and it's what I saw as a teacher in London classrooms um, my first uh, permanent post was working for Sir Alan Steer who became the advisor to the Labour government on uh, behaviour policies actually and he I learned an awful lot from him. I mean, you learn from your leaders what are good things to adopt and tailor to your style and your culture, but you also learn things that you're not going to do. Joy, you you cut your teeth in in the world of work in commerce, and then you've spent most of your career in education. Is leadership different in commerce compared to education? I think there's a lot of similarity. I think that where leadership and commerce really works, in my opinion, is where you don't lose sight of the social value and the impact you have on society. So, and I know we've had different terms for it. People talk about corporate social responsibility. People talk about well-being. My belief fundamentally is this, that it's all about relationships. Um, I saw it in the classroom in very diverse settings with students from refugee backgrounds to students who were second or third generation high performing, coming together as a group and their performance being amazing. And I've seen it in the financial world where the customer and the customer's experience was central and there was a relationship of trust between the person in the financial world delivering that service and that trust stems from the leadership and down to the ground, so it's up and down and across the organisation. Really, really important as well, uh, significantly so in recent times with COVID and CV-19 and all those challenges because it throws into 
grand relief, the importance of investing in relationships, so internal networks, external networks. And as a leader, people need to know that the decision-making processes you go through with them, yes, they're based on evidence, but they're based on feedback, iterative, you keep improving. So the partnerships you have with your staff and the partnerships you have with external organisations, at the core of it is that you're going to do the right thing which has the most positive impact and there's a greater sense of social value to what you do, which I think is significant and important to commercial organisations as it is to the educational world. So you just talked earlier on about how you like autonomy mm. and you see autonomy carries with it the accountability to get stuff done in the, in the right way. And that comes that that resonates with the way you're talking about all these issues we've been dealing with recently. Are you keen on giving autonomy also to the people who report to you? That's been interesting moving into the principalship because it's it's been a shift. And in all honesty, I've had to learn to get better because there's these notions about delegation. And you can delegate workload, but not necessarily delegate authority. So in shifting from a deputy principal to a principal role, the lines of authority and empowerment shift. So I've gone through a process of change along with my senior team and my staff. And I can feel it happening and I can see the staff seeing it happen. If you see, what I mean by that is in certain instances, I would have been the go-to person, depending on uh, the theme of leadership or the, the project, etc. And that has shifted and needed to shift. And I needed to get clearer about the fact that I was delegating authority and the leadership role to whoever the most appropriate person that is. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be the senior leader in the college. Um, it depends on what you're trying to achieve and how you're trying to achieve it um, as to who is given that authority to carry that, that through. But, you, but in principle, do you think it's something you should be trying to do, albeit, um, you know, as you as you grow into the job, you'll probably find it easier to know to whom you can delegate certain things and certain responsibilities yes in general is it is it the right approach because i've you know we've all seen organizations where when the pressure comes on the tendency to centralize is acute and that all that does is denude people of the motivation as well as the empowerment it denudes them with the motivation to really want to bother Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and that starts to stifle the oxygen from any organisation, not least of all an educational one. And it's that it's an emotional literacy, isn't it? In the sense of being aware that um, to a certain degree, um, working for the government of Jersey, which I do obviously as a principal of Highlands College, um, 
we've been operating in what I would describe in shorthand as a command and control structure to a certain degree, uh, which in some instances has been a, a necessity in um, safeguarding populations and people in COVID-19. Um, however, um, we've got to be very mindful of when, I mean, I find it myself stifling to have layers of bureaucracy which don't, which lessen impact for positive change. So um, it's having that accountability and autonomy. I suppose autonom autonomy, I was going to say autonomy in a box, but a box that shifts and shapes as well, depending on, 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 on the challenge. Um, so my experience has been through CV19 that we've had to make decisions uh, very quickly overnight to shift and um, ensure that the community has been safe. But of all times, I've ensured, I believe I've ensured, and I've checked this, I go back, I run online staff forums, online engagement sessions, checking in um, across the college and on the ground, the application, how we need to review and change it and finesse it, and making sure that I have diverse input into um, the choices that we make. Joe, you talk about getting out of your office and going down to the working level of the college and talking to staff and students. How important is that? I think visibility is really important. It's significant um, to the health of the um, organisation um, to get that ongoing and continuous um, feedback. And there's all sorts of sources for that. Obviously, there's hard data, there's student focus groups, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the walkabout and the, the visibility of the leadership and interaction with staff um, is part of my engagement with them but also it's a feedback loop for me to see what's really happening. Well, I, I'd agree with that. My, my experience of this is that it's the most important thing you do because it does create visibility, as you say, but it also allows you to validate the sort of whole mood of the place as well as bits of detail. And it does give your um, more junior staff and your students, who ultimately are your most important responsibility, uh, a chance to quiz you on, you know, well, why, Joe? This isn't great. Why, what are you doing about it? You know, some of them will be that mecky. Others might might be a bit more um, caring in the way they do it. But uh, everybody's uh, who's committing their time to education wants to know they're getting the best out of it. And I would have thought having a chance to talk to the principal is is um, really valuable for them. So just changing tack slightly, Joe. Um, because you've given our listeners some uh, tremendous insights into, A, what it's like being the principal of Highland College, but also the key tenets of your approach to leadership. So for those listeners, what's your what would your final word of advice be to them, listeners, young and old, great and small, who um, 
want to follow in your footsteps as someone who saw leadership through a sort of lens of early acceptance of responsibility, a destiny to go and end up doing what you're doing now? What's your message to them? Enjoy your work, share uh, your passion, connect with the meaning of what you do. Never lose sight of that, ever, whatever the challenges are. Listen, keep learning, keep reflecting. And in doing that, you will be the leader that people deserve. They deserve that sort of leadership. It's, it's your responsibility. That's a great way to draw this excellent discussion to a close, Joe. Thanks very much. Is there anything our listeners should be doing if they want to learn more about the fantastic work of Highlands College? Yes. Come to us at Highlands College. Um, you will find a responsive organisation who will either partner with you or support you in delivering your ambitions. As long as we have those shared values about a better society in the long run, we're with you and we'll champion your cause. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks for giving us your time. Thanks, Joe. That was fun. Thanks. My pleasure. As principals of Highland College to give us all those thoughts on what you've been doing in your sort of early time as the principal, having worked your way up from a classroom many years ago and before that in the financial services industry. Huge gratitude from us in Amicus to you. And we look forward to seeing you around soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget that you can find each new episode on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss out. At Amicus, our bread and butter is helping leaders create consistent results by bringing out the best in their people. If you need support with anything we talked about on this episode, you can find out more about us at amicuslimited.com. This podcast has been done in conjunction with Inkblot Creative. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.